You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Ross on Y. To find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. So it's good to be back. It's good. We had a good time over there. Uh, it was different from what we thought, but not from what God knew it was going to be. We, we went for uh, a, a well-desired month of holiday. Uh, and a week after when we were there, we found out that our both kids, they needed some surgery. Uh, and then the next two weeks and a half was pretty much pre-operation, blood tests and everything. And I don't know in your house when someone needs to go for a blood test or something. But in my house, usually it's myself who holds the, 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 the crying octopus because a kid becomes an octopus. I don't know how many arms you can finally have. Uh, but it was, praise God, was really good. Uh, was the procedure went really well, uh, and we 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 were able to enjoy the last uh, week and a half uh, with no blood tests, no operation, nothing. Um, but I think I need some holidays after that, <laughs> all of that. But praise God, we are back, and I've been meditating about that. And I think, but more than that, I think there is a common word for us this morning. I think God is already speaking. I don't know if you, sometimes we have a really difficult way to picture what heaven is like. Uh, and I'm going to tell you something. It's really simple. Heaven is a home. Sometimes we, we feel like, oh my goodness, how is going to be heaven? I know heaven will be like oh, the most comfortable, pleasant home ever. Because John chapter 14, it says that Jesus said, look, I'm going back to heaven. I need to go back to heaven. So it's really simple how heaven is. Because we're like, oh my goodness, how is it going to be heaven? Heaven is, is a home. It's the home of my father. So if you're, if you're trying to, I can spend eternity in my home. I love my place. I love uh, it's comfortable. It's a place where all my kids' toys are. And she keeps asking us, Dad, can we never move, please? I love, I was like, Elena, what do you miss the most? I said, I miss my bed. I miss Yorkshire puddings, fish, uh, fing, uh, fish fingers, and my bed. So, from so many different food, you miss fish fingers. Uh, yeah, it's, my goodness, she's too British. Uh, uh, Yorkshire puddings, fish fingers, and her bed. But it's her identity of home. It's a place where all her toys is, are uh, it's a place where her identity has been built up. And heaven, my friend, is a simple, simple home. And Jesus says that he went back to prepare us a place to stay. So, you know, in this home, there's going to be... And it's beautiful because when we establish the holy place, we never establish a holy place. What is the most holy place in a house? It's not... There's one really, really sad thing in our houses nowadays. In my house, the same, and probably in your house as well. How the, the place we spend most of the time, not our bed sleeping, but how everything is turned to watch the television. If you see our, your living room, so the sofas are positioned not to look to each other. So our sofas are all positioned so we can look at the TV. So the place where we spend most of the time, instead of being looking to each other's eyes, we are looking to something that is talking from the outside. But, so that's why for me the most holy place and the most holy place for God, because he's a father, 
is a table. It's a place where we eat together. Because then there's no, it's supposed not to have any TV on the table. Uh, and that's a place where finally I can eat and look into each other's eyes. When people were building and all the gods that were created, they never created the secret, the, the, the most holy place, the table. But for God, the most holy place is, is a table because it's a place where we can dwell together. The place where we can be a family together. And that is powerful. I, I, I was thinking about the word that I wanted to, to, to share this morning. And I just, I just have a word of blessing. I, I don't have any other word to bring to you than a word of blessing. I find amazing how God decided to call this good news. Good news. We were all, I was, I was at church this week working and suddenly Dan uh, Elson, he popped up a message and said, oh, some good news. The energy will, will go down 20% in July or something. I said, well, that's a good news, of course. <laughs> but then God decided to call the plan of salvation, the plan of hope for us. He decided to call that good news. And sometimes some people, they are leaving our church, they are leaving our places when we get together, feeling so low feeling so and i'm sorry but i need to emphasize this good news i need to emphasize the fact that we have a god that is for us this morning i want to tell a little bit of, of our trip back to brazil uh, and i want to encourage you because sometimes we need to stop living like people without god because sometimes that's how we end up living and feeling i remember uh on two trips, on, uh, three trips ago, when we went to Brazil, we went for, a, you know the story, we went for a checkup, uh, a health checkup pretty much. Every time, I'm going to stop doing health checkups over there in Brazil. <laughs> but uh, we went for a, a health checkup uh, and we found out that Paula she had a cyst on her right ovary. That's how I pronounce ovary? Yeah. Uh, and I remember, I still remember the guy coming back from the with the results and saying, you rush back to your uh, gynecologist because this it's cancer or it, there's a whole possibility to be cancer because of all the, the outside inside, has things inside the seats and everything. So he was describing everything. And there was like 90% of chance to be cancer and everything. And it was already the size of an orange uh, and she was not feeling anything. And I remember I went to over there reading, listening to the, all, the, all the results. I was really uh, okay, but I remember I, we got home and then we, we st start to make phone calls to check what to do and not to do to get second opinion with doctors and everything. I went for the shower. And I went in the shower, I collapsed down. And I remember I started crying, crying, crying. I said, God, leave Paula here and take me because Elena, be much better with a mom than with a dad. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not ready to be, uh, I don't know if you call widow a man as well, but I'm not ready. You leave Paula here, you do something, you, you, I don't have uh, ovary, but you transplant this one to me. I, I was, and I started crying, I started crying really big time. And, but I remember that moment, I was healed from something. It was a really strong moment, but I was healed from something. That I believe that God needs to heal us. 
And I remember when I was over there on the floor, crying my, my eyes out, uh, desperate. I remember God, he said something really simple. He said, you already know me good enough to know that I am in control of the situation. You had experiences with me enough to make you walk from here. So stand up and go look after your, your wife. And I remember there was a healing process to, my, to, to me because uh, I stood up and I remember on the process and we had to remove the cyst. Uh, we had to go for a surgery. I remember we were there and people started calling us and said, oh, JP, we have, I have a contact of this guy who works on the, on the government and he can put Paula on the priority top of list uh, for the, to go for the surgery. And I said to him, so, okay, so who do I need to choose to die for my wife to go on the surgery uh, as a priority? Because if there's a waiting list, uh, I need to decide that someone over there on the waiting list is not more important than my wife, that this person deserves to die for my wife to be on the top. So who I want to decide that is not important to God so my wife can reach that? So I'm not going to do that. And I remember I, I said that with my, because I wanted my wife to go for the surgery. But all the time, that voice in the shower was coming back to my heart. You already know me good enough to know that I'm in control of the situation. And I remember I said to God, I said, God, I said no for that, but I need a surgery. We need a surgery. What are we going to do? And suddenly someone came to us and said, we're going to offer you the, the procedure to remove it. Uh, and Paula, she did the surgery with the, the best doctor in the entire state, we didn't pay, well, we paid, but we got the offer for it. Uh, and it's just this. And then this time when we were back again, we went for these checks. And uh, we knew that Thiago, he had to correct the, the procedure on his mouth. Uh, and then the doctor said, oh, let's do some checks also on Elena to see how is everything, if it's everything OK. I said, brilliant, let's do. Uh, and then sh they went for this, this the exam that ch uh, that checks the the, the adenoids and the, I always forget the word of how do you call this tonsils. Uh, and then the minute they put it, said this is not right. Uh, the, the the adenoids they are 80% bigger than it should be, and we need to remove either now or in six months maximum. We need to come back over here to remove it. And said once again we have something that wants to take our peace away. And then God started to talk to my heart and that this trip God has prepared to look after us because we need to properly live a life with, as someone who understands that God is for us. We cannot live life anymore like we were lost wandering everywhere. But there is a God upon our life. There is a God who leads us. There is a God. So I remember I went for the, for the, for the checks and... Uh, and my pastor, he, they gave me uh, 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 a word. He said, do you know, JP, because there is three health insurance. I said, is it? Yes. There is the, the, the public health insurance. There is the private health insurance. And there is the heaven health insurance. And the heaven one decides which one's going to work. Or either, none of them. But the heavens are greater. Heavens can decide that the public one will do the surgery. Heavens can decide that the private one will do the surgery. And heaven can decide that none of them will do the surgery and still going to be great. 
And I remember, and this, I want to read together uh, a Psalms. I've been meditating about it. Uh, and I want you to open your, your, your Bible, please. Let's read together Psalms 139. Because there is a promise over you. There's a promise over us. We, can you, I know Britons, they don't like to do this too much. But can you turn to the person next to you, look into this person, person's eye, and can you say, you are, no, you can do a little bit better. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. My goodness, what a promise it is. What a promise it is. And I love when, you know, sometimes we, I'm not, sh I, believe me, I used to be shy. Most of people that don't believe on that. <laughs> I always, when I say this, people laugh. But I, one of the most, the best strategies for you, for someone who is shy, is to make a lot of fun so you can, don't put the attention on yourself. So you make fun with others and you make fun with situations. So no one pay attention on you anymore. So it's a good strategy for those who are uh, actually shy inside. And I was, I was really shy. Uh, and I think I, I was, because I was thinking about this. You are the light of the world. The most dangerous place for someone who is shy to be is the church. Because God has no intention to hide you. He doesn't want you to be necessarily the center of the situation. But his intention is to put you in the middle of the room. So finally, everyone who is in that room can see everything. We don't keep staring at the light. No one keeps staring at the light. You're going to have headaches if you do that. But you don't hide the light. So, oh, JP, I don't like to go in the front and speak. You don't have to. But whatever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever you are, uh, whatever you work, you will be placed as someone to be seen. Why is that? Because that's how God you were made according God's image. You are the only way someone can see God. You were made according His image. Why? So people looking after an image of God can see you. So I see Judy and I say, wow, I'm seeing God. I'm walking lost over here with all my problems, but now I have in front of me an image of God. That's why I was preaching in Brazil and we're like, wow, because we have, we are, we have a big uh, Catholic background back in Brazil. And I was saying, I'm sorry to let you know, but our church here in Brazil is a church with a lot of images everywhere. And we connect those images usually to those saints and everything that is quite strong in the Catholic Church. Uh, but I'm telling you something. This church has images everywhere. 
We have just, we've been praying and we have just given Ledbury the best images ever. So John Curl, the school, the school over there has a lot of images of God spread everywhere. Because we were made, you were made as a person that's going to be placed in a high place to be seen. And that's why one of the strategies of the enemy is to bring you lack of courage, to bring you, oh my goodness, the prophet said, what I'm going to say? I don't know what to say. I'm too humble. I'm too small. What was God said? What, what did God say to him? Don't say you're too small. Don't say you are too young. Don't say you don't know what to say. Because open your mouth and now you put my words in your mouth and I'm going to make you speak my words. Why? Because God's intention is that you and me, we can be the image of God. But on this process of, of we step back a lot of the, of the moments because we get lost around our challenges, around our... And that's why sometimes we are getting so lost on... on we suddenly over there thinking, I'm going to take some holidays. I'm, I'm, I'm not planning to visit any church throughout the month. Uh, and, and, and suddenly, God says, your two kids need surgery. I wasn't planning that. But God always knew of that. Because he's looking after us. Because all in this process, he will make sure that we are well looked after. And I want, uh, I want to read uh, a piece of the Psalms together. Psalms 139. Everyone open? Yeah? Just a second. I thought to myself, I'm going to be a good uh, preacher today. So I'm going to be with a shirt. But it's too hot. So I'm going to be wearing... Uh, so, oh Lord, you have... Searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my laying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my mouth, is on my tongue, you know it completely, O oh Lord. You circle around me, you stay around me. You stay behind and before me. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful to me. I can't comprehend it. The psalmist is over here saying, we're going to keep reading. But pay attention. He has established what he knows, first of all. He says, Lord, I know that you are with me. I know that you are surrounding me all the time. I know that there's nothing that... And even, you know, you know my thoughts. You understand my thoughts. And even if the words have not come into my mouth yet, you know already what I would like to say. And even what I don't know how to say. You know that. But God, this is too much for me that I can even comprehend. And then he keeps going. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? We've been talking for so long about the spirit of God. And he's saying over here, where can I 
get away from your spirit. If I go up in the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there as well. If I rise on the wings of the dawn and, and if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light is as light as to you. And I love how he humbly comes to the next, next verses, because you wouldn't say that, you can say that idly, either with pride or we fully understand of who God, who created you. Because he says, uh, because you created my most, in, my mo inmost being, you knit me, knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Who can say I was wonderfully made? It's, it sounds quite cocky, quite, quite proud. Say, can you imagine uh, Murray coming over here and saying, hello, I'm going to worship today because I was wonderfully made. You will, that will sign, sound a little bit, but there is a revelation over here of not who was created, but who created the person. There is an understanding over here of the nature of God. That the nature of God creates wonderful things because it's part of his nature. I know that fully well. My frame has not, was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. Uh, verse 16. Uh, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God. How vast is the sum of them. It's such a, a powerful words of God because I think, and I, I'm learning this process, but I, I do believe if, I, if we, I was thinking about, we, we don't know for how long we're going to be meeting over here, if it's going to be, we have the, not, the next Sunday. It's amazing how God allows us to have one day in this process. We are having one day after the other. As long as we, we got, allow us so. So we're going to be here together next Sunday as well. On the 9th. Uh, but it's amazing how, how in this chaos. in this, And I was thinking about which word. And, and so far when I was preparing. I, the, 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 there was a possibility that this was going to be our last Sunday here together. And God has extended for another Sunday. Uh, and I was thinking, which word I would like to give if it was the last Sunday? If, if I die tomorrow, which word I would like to give? And my friend, it's really simple. It's simple as that. You are someone who has a God who is for you. No matter what happens. You are getting a plane and flying to another country thinking you were going on holidays. Or something, but God knew that your children needed surgery and has prepared a way. And I can get that over there thinking, 
Oh my goodness, my kids need surgery and I'm devastated over here because of this or that. Or I can understand God, you are for me, not against me. Look what amazing it is. Not even if I was a millionaire, I could get a, a, a plane to get surgery in another country. People are paying a lot of money for that. They go to Turkey, they go to another country, they go to Portugal for health surgeries and everything. Suddenly, a God who knows your words before you say it are working to provide what you need. I was saying in our life group, God is amazing to answer the prayers that you never spoke. Do you know that God is answering the prayers that you don't know how to say it? God, I'll repeat that. God is working to answer the prayers that you have no idea, idea how to make them. In your heart, God knows you are making them. In your silence, God knows you're making them. Because it says over here, even if the word has not reached my mouth yet, you already know my words. You know the words that I would like to say. You know the words that I'm thinking to say. And even you know the words that I don't know how to say. But God is working to provide you what he has intention to. It's not a sin. Pay attention on this as well. It's not a sin to have doubts. We were talking about this also in our life group. It's not a sin to have doubts. But it is a sin to doubt. You know why? So that disciple who was walking on top of the water... He started to sink. You really think he jumped on the water without having doubts? So he jumped on the water and having doubts, but not doubting. And suddenly, in the middle of the chaos, he started doubting. I'm in this process of teaching myself. I have many doubts about my children. I'm raising two kids in a row that is crazy. Elena's nursery. There's a kid. The kid is two or three years old. Each day, the parents dress this kid either as a boy or as a girl. It's chaotic. How... So many things going on. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about someone, I'm talking about a kid, two years old, who can't make decisions by itself. And I'm raising two kids, so I, do you think I don't have doubts about my children? I'm going to have those doubts. Will my children follow God? My goodness, that breaks my heart. I'm trying to teach them the best, but I, but I cannot doubt that God can walk closer to them. Because when I have doubts, that doesn't say about God, it says about me. And says about my imperfect nature. 
when I doubt that God can do something, then in this moment I'm establishing that his nature is not capable of doing something. So that's why doubting God is a sin. Because when I doubt God, so do you know over there in your family that is a little bit chaotic, that you have like people who doesn't believe in God and you've been praying for so long and you have doubts about if they will one day believe in God or not, if they will one day die not knowing God or not. It's not a sin to have those doubts. But the minute that you decide to believe that God can do something for them, you are making a sin because you are saying that the nature of God is incapable of changing the situation. So don't doubt God. Don't doubt God because God is this one. God is this one that the, before the word came to my mouth, you already know. God is this one that before I was created, he already established all the days for me to live before I had one day. This is the God who can take me to another country and he doesn't want me to lose the joy of it. So I remember I had to hold Elena for her anesthesia. Anesthesi? How do you pronounce it? Anesthesia. For the general. Thank you very much. And it was really sad. Claire, she can say better. But there is a phase between, so she took the gas to go for the, for the general anesthetic. Uh, and there's a moment between the, the, that she's unconscious until she's pretty much fade away, where there's a, a nature that the, the, the body can protect itself. So uh, suddenly Elena, she was over there and there was a balloon for her to breathe in, breathe out. And, so, and then she fainted. And suddenly she started to punch everything because she was trying to, her body was trying to hold back to keep control of it. And seeing my daughter in that situation, I left over there thinking, wow. Wow. But there was this peace in my heart. I was seeing other people over there with the kids going through surgery and everything. And it's crazy. It is crazy. But... I believe that God wants to take us to a place where we can say it's too much for me to understand. How? It's too much for me to understand. How I'm making it? How my family is making it? How is this? How is it going to be possible? We don't have a home from after the ninth. A building, actually. Let me correct we don't have a building after the ninth. We're gonna, where what will be of us? We're gonna meet together and everything. Oh my goodness, that is too much for us to understand. But, but, all of the days were written already about the church in Ross. Oh, I lost my job. I lost my job two weeks before I got married was made redundant. And then God provided. We are on this process. You, today, you had experiences already with God that makes you walk from here. If it's our last Sunday over here in this building, I am not concerned 
because we had experiences with God that are good enough to make us walk from this building to another building, going back to a home, going back to this other place. I don't know. But I know that God is for us. Close your eyes. Let's have a prayer. God is the person who wrote this, these verses. He knew it was for much, so much for us to comprehend. It's not easy to comprehend that. We know that you are for us. But only the Spirit of God can testify that to us. It's not something that we know that was one plus one is two. But it's something that your Holy Spirit ignites in us and you reveal to us. So, Father, this morning, as we get together over here, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask you, it's good news. My only wish, my only desire is to see my friends live in this place this morning full of hope and expectation because you have spoken good news over them. You have spoken good news over us. What can harm us? What can defeat us? If I go to heaven, you are there. If I'm living the most wonderful day, you are there. But if I make my bed the lowest place on earth. You're there. Wherever I go, your hand is, is taking me. If I'm in England, you're there. If I'm in Brazil, you're there. If I am... And not only me, my children. If my daughter is inside a surgery room, a theater... I'm not there, but you are. <laughs> and it's much better than you, that you are there than me. What difference would, would it make for me to be there? But you are there. You are with my daughter when she is in her room, playing with her toys. But you are with my daughter if she's inside the theater. You are with us. You are the, with the ones that we think that are walking away. You are with the ones that we think that have gone too far. You are with the ones that we think that are walking in darkness. Because to you, darkness is like light. Renew our hope this morning, God. The hope for our life, but also the hope for the ones we love. We may have lost faith that you can do something in someone's life. But God, there's no impossible to you. Because darkness to you is like light. That's what your word says. Allow us to live this morning, Father, here, full of hope, full of good news. And place us, Father, in a place where we can be this good news to others. In your name, amen.